Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Never interviewed a college football coach in the middle of a school kitchen. But you really we're... haven't been interviewing like you should be. I know. I've been dropping the ball all these years. The loudest mouth in Seattle sports. Wait, you didn't even know that? No, not really. Come on. No, I just didn't know that. Just show just an you know ounce what? of professionalism. I'm just... <laughs> just do your job. I... Oh! No regard for human life. Did you see what that guy did? He just stripped his soul away in front of everybody. <laughs> KJR. All the places I've been. It's the best show ever. You got that right, baby. When I close my eyes, I see this thing. It's like this big sign. And the name is just so bright and so sharp that the sign, it just blows up because the name is just so powerful. Dave Softy Muller. 303 on what feels like a Friday for crying out loud, but... I was disappointed to hear it's only Wednesday. Yeah, God, I'm expecting you in the studio slow. Yeah, I mean, is it just me or is this week just dragging? What is it about this week that oh. it's just moving as a, at a snail's pace? Well, it's been a good week for me. I don't know what to tell you. Okay, all right. Well, I guess you're the happy one around here. Yeah. At least somebody's thrilled with their life. Uh, we got a big show, man. We are, first of all, live on the road at Kayak Point Golf Course up here in Stanwood where... Uh, we're doing the show from the Revamp Bar, the Revamp Restaurant, uh, oh. right outside the 18th Green here, uh, oh. inside here at Kayak Point. Uh, had a good day, I think, for me. Shot a 93, which is not terrible for my golf game, to be totally honest with you. But we got a guy here, uh, young Josh, who goes to Edmonds Woodway. Sophomore, is that right, in high school? Uh, walks up to me after the round and says, hey, how'd you shoot? Now, Josh doesn't really give a damn how I played. He, he really doesn't. He, he's just <laughs> asking me so he has an excuse to tell me how he played today. Um. And Josh shot an 89. He's 15 years old, so good for Josh. Congratulations to Josh. Uh, but he's also flunking math in, in high school. And does not have a girlfriend, all right? So things aren't that great for Josh. So you can take your 89 and shove it up your patoot, pal. All right, get out of here. Uh, but we are at Kayak Point, where, by the way, if you're in the area and you want to get some golf in between now and the, uh, the end of the day, uh, head golf pro Steve Stenslin has informed me that they have some spots open after 5.30 tonight. If you want to come play, maybe get 9 in, get 18 in. Uh, you play fast, you probably could fit an 18. Uh, $9.50 with cart after 5.30 tonight here on KJR Day at Kayak Point. And look, that's a hell of a deal, right? That's, that's like 52 cents a hole plus cart, $9.50 with cart after 5.30. So if you're in the area, and heck, even if you're not in the area, you got two and a half hours to get here, uh, grab a couple of buddies and come down to Kayak Point Golf Course in Stanwood and take advantage of that $9.50 plus cart uh, for greens fees and cart after 5.30 tonight right here at Kayak Point. We're going to be hanging around until 6 p.m. because the uh, the barbershop show, is that right, is on the air at 6 p.m. tonight. Yes, sir, everyone's uh, getting a haircut. Terry and Trufant tonight at 6 o'clock. Uh, Holloman Marcus uh, coming up Two at 6 Huskies. p.m. Talking all kinds of stuff. Uh, Husky great Terry Holloman and one of the all-time great Husky corners of all time, Marcus Trufant, <laughs> on the radio show tonight. But we got a big show because Mel Stoudemire Jr., uh, the Mariner pitching coach, will join us at 3.30 this afternoon. Uh, 
Bush Hamden. That's Jabron Hamden's brother. Me, people wondering. may remember the former Seahawk. Did you not know that, by the way? I, I, I mean, I recognize the Hamden yeah. name right away, but that's I was his like, brother. Oh, it seems yeah. it seemed yeah. possible, but I wasn't sure. Well, there's two Hamden families. There's the famous Kentucky Hamden family uh, from the 1800s, and there's the Great Hamden family from Southern California. Uh, that's the Jabron Hamden Bush Hamden family. Gotcha. So yeah. uh, Jabron is the former Seahawk quarterback, played in the World League for a long time. His brother is now the new wide receivers coach, uh, taking over for Brent Pease, who was let go at the end of the year. Uh, and we'll talk to him at about 5.30 tonight. He's also the passing game coordinator. A lot of people are kind of floating his name down the road for maybe the uh, the uh, offensive coordinator in waiting. If anything did happen to Jonathan Smith, which I don't think he's any in any trouble right now of losing his job, not the way the Huskies offense played in the last half of the year last season. But Bush Hamden is the new wide receivers coach at Washington. He'll join us on the air at 5.30. Hugh Millen talking some Seahawks football and more at 4.20 this afternoon. Ryan Divish at 5 o'clock and then Jeff Nelson at 3.45. So a lot to get to on the radio show but you know what i'm sitting here thinking the same thing that i've thought four or five times this year kevin in regards to mariner baseball i think you know where i'm going with this yep was last night the game that jump starts the mariners okay was last night the day that kind of puts this team on a winning streak and gets them rolling if i had a dollar for every time i've asked that question this year i'd have like four bucks okay Adam Lynn walk-off, the day-hole lead game. And we actually did this exercise, like, what, three or four weeks ago Uh on how the team did after those games, and it was kind of mediocre, to be totally honest with you. Had a a couple of runs where they were, like, six and four, seven and three, but a couple of five and fives and four and sixes. So who knows if that'll be the game that gets them over the top. But I I agree with what Mitch said this morning. I'm watching that game last night, thinking in the eighth inning, there's no shot the M's are going to win this. They're going to drop the first two games of the Boston series. And then Robbie Cano steps up and launches a three-run bomb to give the M's the lead. And then this Eddie Diaz, Ed Wynn. I find it, by the way, not coincidental that Wynn is in this guy's name. Because every time this guy goes out there, you feel like you have a chance to win the game. But Eddie Diaz, young Edwin Diaz, uh, 6'3", a buck 70 out of Puerto Rico, uh, just looks phenomenal in the ninth inning. 98-98-99 to the last hitter. No chance. Good night. Ball game over. And the M's win 5-4. So let's hope that last night, all right, for the 19th time this year, Let's hope that last night is the game that kind of maybe jumpstarts this Mariner franchise and maybe the difference in this game versus the other games that we talked about this year is the schedule coming up. We just got done the last couple weeks talking about how the first 18 games of the second half of the year, uh, Mariners play 18 straight against teams with 500 or better records. They only play in the next 23, Kevin, three games, and those are against the Tigers next week, by the way. Next mm-hmm. weekend, or, or, or uh, next week starting Monday, three games against teams above 500. 20 of the next 23 games they play after this Boston series comes to an end are against teams that are at 500, or below 500. So, look, you want to have the June the Mariners had, whatever. You want to have the July the Mariners had, whatever. But I feel like they owe it to us, they owe it to themselves to now go out in August and September and start cleaning up. I mean, look, you know, Robbie Cano needs to start stepping it up, and he had the big home run last night. He had eight home runs and 24 RBIs. I know you don't think RBIs are important, but he had eight bombs and 24 ribbies in April. He had eight bombs and 20 RBIs combined in June and July. And nobody's ever expecting Robbie Cano to continue the insane April that he had. I mean, that was almost a historical April for a second baseman. But can he find it kind of in between? 
you know, the April and May that he had, the June, July, can he find something in between uh, in the months of August and September? And then this, uh, this Diaz kid, look, you know, I don't want to make a big deal out of a guy who's not, uh, you know, pitched a lot of innings, but I'm about to, all right? I'm about to. Because I'm looking right now at the strikeout per nine stat. Have you looked at this, by the way? You know, you uh, always make a big deal, or we make a big deal on the air about a guy like Clayton Kershaw, for example, who was averaging like 13 strikeouts every game Mm -hmm. until he got hurt. I'm looking at the non-qualified list, and the reason why I bring this up is because uh, Edwin Diaz has not pitched enough innings yet to qualify for any major stat in baseball. But among pitchers in Major League Baseball this year, this is the entire league, American League and National League, obviously, among pitchers that have thrown 400 or pitches or more this year, Edwin Diaz is the league leader in strikeouts per nine innings, and it's not even close. Hmm. All right? What do you think he's averaging per nine? Have you heard this stat yet, by the way? Well, unfortunately, I know because I've been keeping track of it, and it's ridiculous. Well, uh, okay, so for those out there that don't know and and have a life and don't look up stats all day like Kevin does, (laughs) uh, Edwin Diaz is averaging 18 strikeouts per nine innings. That is number one in Major League Baseball among pitchers that have thrown 400 pitches or more. This guy has been just unbelievable. 18 Ks per nine. And the next best, by the way, among pitchers that have thrown 400 pitchers or, or more is uh, what? Dellen uh, Batances Dylan of the Batances, Yankees. Yep. Is that right? Is it 15.7? This guy's at 18. And I was thinking, who does he remind me of? You know, and uh, look, people from back in the day may remember the name Rafael Soriano, all right, who came up as a young fireball reliever uh, with the ball club and then was traded for some stupid-ass reason to Atlanta for Horacio Ramirez. All right, you remember that dumb deal oh, yeah. that, the, uh, that uh, I uh, believe Bill Bavese made? That's that trade that when it happened, everybody knew it was stupid. It was dumb then. It's dumb now. It'll be dumb tomorrow, all right? But Rafael Soriano, when he came up uh, with, with the M's in the big leagues, had 100 strikeouts in his first 100 innings pitched in Major League Baseball. The difference between Soriano of course, and Edwin Diaz is that Soriano uh, weighed about 50 pounds more than Edwin Diaz does right now. He's listed right now at about 6'4", like 225. He was a string bean, though, a bit thinner when he came up with the M's. And uh, I, I just haven't seen a young reliever throw the ball as hard as Edwin Diaz does with that nasty, unhittable slider, maybe since Rafael Soriano. And he got hurt in, like, year three and four and missed a bunch of games, had some arm problems, whatever. So hopefully the M's can maybe keep Edwin Diaz healthy. And I'm sure that's a question for Mel Stoudemire. For a guy that's putting that much torque on his elbow and throwing the ball that hard at his age, what do you do to keep this guy healthy? But you start thinking, Shockey, about the amount of blown saves the M's have this year. And they are second in the American League with 17 blown saves. Only the White Sox have blown more than the M's. And I'm not saying that Edwin Diaz, if he was the closer from day one, would have been doing this all year long. Because you could not just give this guy the closer job in April. He had to earn it. Had to get his feet wet in Major League Baseball. But I'm expecting, all right, with Edwin Diaz on the mound, that that blown save number is going to stay right there for a long time. Mm -hmm. For the next couple of months at least. And, you know, look, you're watching the game last night. Did you see the game last night, by the way? I, I, uh, I didn't see the game last night. No, okay, I did that's not. Fine. That's fine. I feel that's terrible. fine. You're a married man. You have uh, bigger things to worry about now. You have, big, you have uh, bigger fish to fry. You've got to uh, you know, clean the house and do dishes and all that crap. So Edwin Diaz, the first batter he faced of the game last night, the first thought I had that popped into my head is, well, all right, C-Sex, done. Forget about it. Yeah. And one batter. See, you know, the first batter of the game just blows the guy out of the water. I'm thinking this is over for Steve Ciszek. And don't think, if you're out there listening right now, don't deny it. 
you were thinking the same damn thing after he faced that first batter and was blowing the guy out of the water, throwing 98-99 with that nasty slider. You knew at that point in time, with his first at bat, his first pitch as the new closer of this baseball team, that Steve Shishek was absolutely finished as the closer of this baseball team. And, and frankly, I, I, I don't really care what Steve Shishek looks like as a middle reliever. I don't care if he finds his stuff or not, or if he's getting more comfortable, or if he's locating better, all that nonsense. Edwin Diaz keeps pitching the way he did last night. Forget about it. He's your closer. That's well, it. That's all. And how many times did we say on the air, hey, look, if you're a crappy team, the last thing you have to worry about is a closer. This is not a crappy team. This is the team that right now is five games back on the wild card, a game over 500. I'm wondering out loud, man, if Edwin Diaz will be the difference between this team being in contention in September and being out of the race by the end of August. He's certainly going to be a huge part of it. And this is what we've said so many times. It's so important to be able to bring Look. They're annoying as hell. There's no doubt about it. I can't stand the Cardinals. But what do the Cardinals always have with their with their farm system and the way that they they always have 72 different guys that throw 100 miles an hour coming up for yep. the minors that can come up and throw fire in their bullpen. That's one of the things that they just said. This is something that we are going to be able to do. And if the Mariners can start doing this and start really having some guys that can come up. Yeah, look, we yeah. all know that closers in three years, Edwin Diaz, in all likelihood, is not going to be the guy that he is right now. He's going to right. not be able right. to do what he does right now. Right. That's yeah, just yeah. the nature of the position. But if they can start having these guys that are able to do this and bring a new guy up that's able to throw fire and bring a new guy up that's able to throw fire, man, that oh. is one, such an important part. And if you can have reliable guys that cost you nothing, then yep. you can do more in other positions where you can't just bring a guy up that's going right, to be able to throw right. 250 innings well for you as a starter. You know what? The point you just made uh, about how he may not be able to keep this up for a long time. You know, what is the shelf life on a closer throwing 98-99 in Major League Baseball? Because I'm looking right now at a guy between, and you may know the name I'm talking about, between 2002 and 2004, this guy had 52 saves, 55 saves, 45 saves, 114 Ks, 137 Ks, and 114 Ks. Won the Cy Young in 2003 uh, and was in the top 10 in 2002 and 2004. Smells a lot Picture- like a Gagney. Gagney, the Canadian. Eric, Eric Gagney. With the shot glasses, mm-hmm. right, for the L.A. Dodgers. I mean, go back and look at, like, John Rocker, right, when he was with the Braves. Yeah. All those great years that Rocker had. You you can't keep this up. I mean, look, you know, Mariano Rivera uh, was able to keep it up because he's a once-in-a-generation type player with a once-in-a-generation type pitch. There's no question about that. Yep. But I just wonder, and maybe that's a question for Stottlemyre, you know, is it is it fair to think that they found a guy? Maybe even after one game, it's really a stupid question well, to look. ask ML. After one game, have you found a guy that can close for you for three or four years? I'm not <laughs> sure if that's the case, but he may not be able to keep this up. But the question mark is, what, what is his repertoire of pitches in three, four years going to look like? And I, yeah, look, Mitch was talking about this again this morning. I was up here on the way to Kayak Point, so I had no choice but to listen to Mitch's oh, show. Sorry. Uh, on the way to Kayak Point. Yeah, it was painful. But Joaquin Benoit apparently helped out uh, Edwin Diaz with this slider. Is that right? Is, is that the uh, deal? Because if that's the case, and I've made this kind of comparison before, like with the Seahawks, hey, when they sign Clemens, what did I tell you? If Clemens just comes here and can help push Frank Clark a little bit to be a better player, then it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Brandon Browner, if Brandon Browner can come here and help push Therold Simon to be a better player, then it's worth it. Obviously, Clemens is gone now, but if Joaquin Benoit truly helped out and gave that slider to Edwin Diaz, then Joaquin Benoit's career in Seattle was a massive success, Okay. 
I don't care what the guy did on the mound. If he's the reason that Edwin Diaz is throwing that slider, then you got to give Joaquin Benoit a nice pat on the ass for his uh, three and a half months he he spent as a Mariner, dude. No, it's uh, the he the whole the way that this has all worked out and the way that we've seen this and what we've seen from him earlier. Don't forget, we, Edwin Diaz looked amazing early on too. Like what we've seen this right. whole time. Oh, yeah. Oh, That's yeah. only one inning of his 26 innings that we've seen in the closer role, but we've all thought, boy, yeah. what we're seeing from him right now, oh man, if he's the kind of the way that you that that managers like to use closers and the way that they can relax a little bit when they have them, even if you don't love the way they use that closers are used, boy, yep. if you have one that way and you can rely on that and be comfortable in that, oh man, and and the boy that. Early returns, my goodness. Yeah, he looks phenomenal. I mean, uh, as you said, this is not just about last night. He's up to 52 Ks in, in 26 innings pitched. And even going back to the minor leagues, I'm looking at his numbers right now in the minors. Uh, you know what, 79 Ks in 69 innings uh, in the uh, rookie league in 2013. 145 combined in 2015 between A ball and double A ball. Uh, 54 strikeouts in 40 innings in double A ball this year before the call-up to Seattle. This is what this guy does, and I, I love the performance, but I also love the passion. I love the way he pitches. I love the way he works. I love the excitement on the mound, and I'll tell you what. Last night, what really got me fired up about last night, there were three things that got me jacked up. Edwin Diaz's uh, performance is one of them. Robbie Cano's bomb is another, and then Guillermo Heredia with his first hit as a major leaguer, you got to go back and watch the game, dude. His reaction when he got that base hit was unbelievable. Yeah. He starts staring at the uh, at the first base Mariner dugout, pointing his finger, you know, cool. rocking his hands back and forth, asking for the baseball. It's about damn time that we saw this baseball team play with some passion. And if these two young guys can be infectious like that and bring some of that to this baseball team, then I'm all for it, man. So that was fun last night. Again, see, it's just a reminder that for all the people out there, and I get why you do it, because we've been beaten down to a pulp for 16 years in a row. You got no confidence, yada, yada, yada. These guys aren't done. They're not out of it, all right? They're five flipping games out. There's three or four teams fighting right now for that second wild card spot. The Mariner schedule is going to open up a lot in the month of August. They got 20 of 23 against teams in the next three weeks that are at or below 500. Now's the time for this team to make a move. It'd be great if they'd been in first place all year. It'd be great if they were five games up on first place and leading the wild card by seven games. They're not. But they have a shot. This thing is not over, and they have a shot, if they want, to be in this race in September. We, th- we think we've seen the worst of Felix Hernandez, all right, with the control problems the last three games. We think Taiwan Walker's coming back soon. We think Charlie Furbush is coming back soon. And if they can find a nice veteran reliever uh, as a setup guy in Steve Ciszek and continue with what Diaz has done in the closer role, I don't know, man. Maybe I'm just being the biggest homer, naive sucker walking the face of the earth right now, but I'm pretty pumped up for what this baseball team can do in the final couple of months of the year. So Mel Sotomayor Jr., uh, Mariner pitching coach, will join us next segment. We'll talk to him about everything happening in the bullpen and the rotation. Uh, Jeff Nelson at 345. Uh, that's another guy, by the way, who was a closer, or excuse me, a reliever. Was never a closer because he was pitching behind Rivera and Sasaki his entire career. But Nelly knows what it's like to have a blazing fastball and a great slider. So we'll talk to Nelly about Edwin Diaz at 345. Uh, Hugh Millen coming up at 420. Ryan Divish, uh, as well as Bush Hamden, the new wide receivers coach over at UW, in the 5 o'clock hour. Uh, I do want to spend some time maybe at 4 o'clock today uh, talking about this article that ESPN.com wrote. Uh, they did a thing where they projected future Hall of Famers on every NFL roster. You see this, by the way? I missed it. And they named three guys on the Seahawks roster that they think are at least 85% or better 
to make the Hall of Fame. So we'll chat about that coming up at 4. Uh, a lot to get to on the radio show, live from Kayak Point Golf Course up in Stanwood. Again, anytime after 5.30 tonight, golf with cart is $9.50. What more do you want? Mel Stottlemyre Jr. talking some M's baseball coming up on 950 KJR. This is the Dave Muller Show. Softy. Now, back to the show. Ladies and gentlemen. Golf requires goofy pants and a fat ass. You should talk to my neighbor, the accountant, probably a great golfer, huge ass. Dave Softy Muller. All right, 328. We are back here live on a Wednesday afternoon at Kayak Point Golf Course up in beautiful Stanwood, Washington. Former home of Jim Lambright, by the way. Now lives closer to Husky Stadium. Uh, but if you're looking for a late round of golf today, grab your buddies, grab your pals, or find a couple of buddies. Uh, because Steve Stensland, the head pro here at Kayak Point, has gone bananas. Uh, we're playing golf today for $9.50. But if you play after 530, $9.50 for greens fees with cart. How about that here at Kayak Point up in Stanwood? So if you're in the area, swing on over and... Uh, Get some golf in. Maybe you leave work early. It's okay. You're not needed there anyway. They can replace you. Trust me. $9.50 with cart for golf after 5.30 tonight here at Kayak Point in Stanwood. We got to, by the way, at some point chat about the showdown because we got a problem with the showdown. Maybe we'll address that at some point Uh tonight on the radio show. Yeah, we'll bring it. Drama. 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 Drama mean. Drama for your mama. All right, let's head on down to Safeco Field right now. Uh, joining us on the show is a guy that we have not had on, I think, since spring training. You know, I thought we'd be buddies. I thought we'd be tight. I thought he'd be on the show a lot. Hasn't turned out that way, but uh, we love him anyway. Uh, Mel Stoudemire, Jr., Mariner pitching coach, is joining us live from Safeco Field. Mel, how are you, pal? I'm great. What happened to you guys? You know where, you, where I've been. It's... Uh... You, you've abandoned me. You know what? We've been asking for you. We keep getting shot down. I mean, your people have been telling us no. I don't know, man. You're in high demand. Nah, that's false. <laughs> that, uh, you, you know where I've been. I've been here. I got you. Well, Mel Stoudemire Jr. is with us. And first of all, man, uh, that was fun as hell last night watching that game. And I've, I've asked this four or five times on the air this year. If a game like that will kind of maybe jumpstart the baseball team and maybe turn into some nice long winning streak for the ball club and who knows? Because baseball's a funny game. But did, did last night kind of feel like maybe this team got an injection of energy that they were looking for? It did. You know, the way that we did it, uh, Robbie coming up and getting the big home run and the uh, kid coming in at the tail end of the game and the electricity in the stadium, we uh, for sure felt. You know, this, this last road trip, we played some really good ball clubs in yeah. uh, Toronto and, and, the, uh, <clears throat> and the Cubbies. And uh, and you know, take take nothing away from Pittsburgh. So it was tough to lose it the way that we did it. Uh, you know, we were in most of the games, and not to make any excuses, we've been really without our horses uh, most right. of the year and trying to get our rotation intact and keep them together. But, uh, boy, last night was fun watching this kid come in and the way that we won this ball game. It really did energize, guys. So nobody's giving up hope over here. We still go about our business, and, yep. and uh, we treat every game the same. We're trying to win. Well, there's no reason to give up hope at all because you guys are still very much in it. You're just five games back in the wild card with, uh, you know, two months of baseball left to play and the schedule opening up big time in the next month or so. So I think people giving up on this baseball team are ridiculous. But you mentioned the kid last night, Diaz. And look, I mean, 98-99 to end the game. No chance on the last at bat for Boston. Uh, Tell me about this guy because I saw the camera on your face in the dugout last night when he was pitching. And you had kind of that damn look on your face in the dugout, man. What do you see when you watch this kid throw, Mel? It's, it's been very astonishing in how he's done it at this level. You know, not, 
not too many times the young players come into this this league and uh, let's not forget you know the the lack of experience that he's had out of the bullpen he's been a starter by trade and he's learned how to pitch out of the bullpen in the big leagues which is not a very forgiving league and how he does it you know he I'm, I'm thoroughly convinced that he looks at at players on the other on the other side as just another guy in a uniform the way yeah. he's gone about it he attacks he's got electric stuff he's he's uh, has some deception his slider has become a, a very valuable weapon he throws enough strikes where he gets guys in the swing mode and they got to cheat on that fastball right you know you, you you watch young kids that come up and uh you know a lot of them will stumble at times he's yet to done that and he's done some very incredible things he's a great kid he's a great worker he brings a lot of electricity and brings some some really good stuff at the back end. Yeah, hey, Mel uh, Stottlemyre Jr., Mariner pitching coach, is with us on the radio show. We're talking today about that slider that complements the fastball. I mean, look, there, there's not many guys on this planet, as you know, that can throw 98, 99 miles an hour. That's one thing. To complement it with that slider is an entirely different animal. And we're hearing rumors that maybe Joaquin Benoit kind of helped out with that. Talk about that a bit. No, he did. You know, Joaquin did a great job with him uh, when the kid came up and just trying to take him under under his wings and, and talk about situations and clubs and scouting reports and all the things that go on throughout the course of the season. It's uh, You know, we did a little work with a slider, and uh, it wasn't a, a pitch they really had a handle on. And to credit to the kid and, and Joaquin and kind of taking him through, getting his hand in the right position to throw a real aggressive pitch and the thing yeah. that really makes that a, a a real weapon is he throws his fastball in the zone he, he throws enough strikes and gets guys in the swing mode you saw last night that slider he threw to uh to leon i believe it was or shaw yep. Yep. that swing and miss and the bottom fell out you know guys Ugh. they have to cheat on his fastball and when he's he's in the zone with that it makes a slider even better but that thing has become a really really good weapon uh, Mel, I don't know how else to ask this question. It may come across as a dumb question, but I'm always good for one or two of those per show. So uh, we'll just get him out of the way right now. All uh, right, when a guy, on. yeah. Well, when a guy throws that hard at that young of an age, that's a lot of torque on that elbow. That's uh, a lot of action on those ligaments. What do you do to make sure he stays healthy uh, as far as you can go to keep him healthy? <laughs> do I look like a doctor? I don't know. Is that a dumb question? Because I'm watching guys like Eric Gagne, John Rocker, and they get hurt. And Rafael Soriano got hurt. Blah, blah, blah. Is there any concern there about how much action he's got on that slider and fastball at such a young age? The only concern that we have right now is is uh, getting the lead, making him available in the ninth inning, and whether he's going to hold it down for us. So, yeah. No, you know, any time. Look, he's not a big kid. And uh, you, you look at workload. You look at how he does it. It is hard at the end. He's a hard thrower. He's not a real, real big guy in stature. Right. And uh, so there has to be some precaution. But there's a lot of torque. And uh, so the thing that you have to watch out for is to make sure that you don't uh, push, push past his threshold. Yep. And, uh, you know, he's 22 years old. He's, he's going to be around here for a long time. He's surely stepped up to... Uh, you know, to, to give us every indication that this guy's going to pitch at the back end for a long time for the Seattle Mariners. So you can't just run him out there four or five games in a row right. and, uh, and and expect him to, to hold up. So there is precaution. Like I said, I'm not a doctor. I, I, I can tell you what I see. Uh, it, it is hard. It, it is electric. And... Uh, yeah. You, you know, you, you got to be careful. It's as exciting as it is. And the uh, 
the excitement of having a lead and, and wanting to throw him out there, you, you have, there has to be some precaution. So that wasn't really a dumb question after all, was it? Well, I took the high road. <laughs> Thanks, pal. You're a pro. I appreciate that, man. Mel Stottlemyre Jr. is with us on the air. Talk to me about Felix Hernandez. Uh, everybody has a slump. Everybody has a point in time where they're not playing their best. Uh, the five walks against Chicago, what happened there in the fifth inning on Sunday, obviously the control is not what it used to be, at least not right now. What do you see from the King, Mel? No, he's not. He's not all the way back. You know, he's he's still going through some some aches and pains from his knee. It's uh, I can't say that it's it's kept him from going out and winning games because you know how Felix is. He gets himself in trouble. He never gives into hitters, and he walks more guys at a, at a higher rate than he ever has. Uh, he knows. He understands. He doesn't have the same fastball that he used to have. His slider doesn't have the same shape and tilt. So he's got to do it a little differently. You know, the 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 difference for me for him coming back is. You know, we, we, we took out a few steps, and we kind of we sped the process up. He hasn't really had his swing and miss changeup, and it's made a big difference in, in him finishing hitters yeah. and uh, not making pitches when he's need to. So he's uh, he was a little better. I thought he put together three really good innings uh, towards the tail end, trying to get his legs under and his rhythm and, and, and finding his, you know, his delivery back again. So it's been a little struggle there. Uh, we, you know, we we still feel good when he's out there, and yeah. uh, I'm hoping over the next couple outings that he's able to kind of find himself and get that rhythm early in the game, so he doesn't have to struggle early and get a, get us a little deeper in the game. All right, Mel Stoudemire Jr. again, Mariner pitching coach is with us. We'll just get two more. We'll let you go because I know you have a game to get ready for tonight uh, against Boston. Uh, Ariel Miranda, uh, the Cuban kid uh, that we got in the Miley deal, will get the start tomorrow. Uh, for fans that have never seen him throw, uh, I've never seen him throw except uh, for the game he had with the Orioles against the M's a couple weeks ago. Uh, what does this kid bring to the table in your mind, Mel? Well, I had to go back, and, you know, when I heard the name, I had to go back and watch some video on him and uh... – He's got stuff, and he's a mid-90 guy. He has a loose arm. You know, he's 6'3", tall, lanky kid, uh, shows four pitches, has a slider. You know, whether he commands this stuff is, is kind of, uh, I guess the jury's out. So yeah, yeah. It, it's, it, is, it is some stuff. It is from the left side. You know, whether he, he stays in a rotation, whether he goes in a bullpen, uh, we're not sure yet. So we're kind of, you know, he is going to pitch tomorrow, and we're going to find out more about the kid uh, I, we threw a, a bullpen on his side day, just kind of took a step back and just watched, you know, watched how the ball come out and how he liked to work and what his stuff looked like. So I'm as anxious as the rest of the world to see how, it, uh, how he does. Okay, and before you go, uh, what can you tell us as far as any updates on Taiwan Walker, uh, Mel, and uh, Charlie Furbush? How long until we see those guys back on the mound? Yeah, you know, as I as I shared earlier in our in our interview, it's been rather frustrating not not having all our horses together. So yep, Walker's yep. going to come back and pick, pitch on uh, on Saturday, and uh, he threw four and a third innings in, in Tacoma with 69 pitches. So we'll give him five to six innings, you know, 80, 85 pitches. He's healthy. We had an outstanding bullpen today. He's getting it down the slope nice and be able to drive off his backside which is something that he's really struggled with in all his, his previous starts, and it's really kept him, you know, from, from going on and getting deep in games and giving us opportunities to win. So you never like for a guy to go out to where he's not healthy and, and go out and have to, to limp through outings. So he is back. Okay. And uh, we're going to get Nick Vincent back here in, in probably a week, which will be nice. Uh, Charlie Furbush has uh, had six 
uh, oh, outings, rehab outings at various places. And, you know, so he's starting to get, get back. And it'll be nice. It, it, you know, like I said before, it'll be like going out making a trade and getting some new pieces to our, to our club. And hopefully they can step in and, and help us out and make a run at this thing. Right. Hey, Mel, you said Taiwan's pitching Saturday. Is that for you guys or another rehab start? No, no, he's pitching for us. Uh, on Saturday. Okay, great. All right, good stuff. We might want to keep that under the hat. Maybe it's not. Uh, oh, okay. It's, it's one of those things. Yet. <laughs> okay, I'll I tell you what. If you if you agree to do this show every day the rest of the year, I'll keep that between you and me. How's that sound? Every day. You, if, you know what? If it means us winning, I'll be right back here tomorrow. <laughs> with you, I love it. Mel, you're the man. Great stuff, and uh, love talking to you, pal. Best of luck tonight, man. Take care, fellas. You got it. Mel Stoudemire Jr., who, uh, I don't know, Kevin, is that is that public knowledge yet that Taiwan Walker is pitching Saturday for the M's? You know, they they have Paxton listed yes, on here they do. on Saturday. That's why so, I asked him, right? So I'm not um, – Okay. We're going to have to follow up on that one because I'm not 100% sure what the uh, situation is there. All right. Well, I don't want to get any, anybody in trouble. Well, it's but, sort of uh, happened already. Mel Stoudemire Jr. just said Taiwan Walker is starting on Saturday against the Angels. So there you go. All right, 340. We've got a break. Uh, Jeff Nelson knows a thing or two about sliders and fastballs. What does he make of this Edwin Diaz guy? What's his take on the king? Uh, we'll talk more baseball with Nelly and then get some Seahawk football going at 4 o'clock today right here on 950 KJR. It's time for our weekly conversation with Jeff Nelson, powered by the 520 Bar and Grill, where Bellevue goes for food, fun, and cocktails. Now to talk about the Mariners and Major League Baseball with Jeff Nelson, here's Dave Softy Mahler. All right, we will get to some Seahawks chatter at 4 o'clock, and then Hugh Mellon will join us at 4, 18, 420 or so on the radio show. It's only been, uh, what, four days of training camp, but has he seen anything from the offensive line that makes him feel differently about what his thoughts were going into camp? So all that with Hugh coming up. Testimonials at 445. Get your best texts in right now to 494 Five one, uh, Jeff Nelson, uh, former Mariner, former Yankee reliever, four-time world champion, baby, joining us right now on the radio show in the Zeke's Pizza Hotline. Nelly, how are you, pal? I am good. What's going on? Uh, well, not a lot. Uh, M's got a big win last night. Uh, they come back. They score five runs in the eighth, courtesy of a Robbie Cano bomb, and they get this kid named Edwin Diaz, who so far has been phenomenal. He's averaging 18 strikeouts per nine innings, and he was throwing 98-99 with a nasty slider last night. Uh, have you heard at all about this kid in Seattle, Nelly? I have. He's nasty. You know, C-Sec lost his job. I was watching that game on Sunday against the Cubs, and, you know, similar thing to what happened to the Marlins today, a walk-off wild pitch. You know, C-Sec with that nasty slider bounced off that brick wall, and he lost his job. But Diaz, this guy's a flamethrower. Not a lot of guys know who he is. The hitters haven't seen him very often. We are throwing 99, and not next thing you know, you're dropping a slider in the low 90s. Guy's nasty. Yeah, he's nasty, man. There's no question about it. And I was talking to Mel Stottlemyre Jr., who you know obviously very well, right? Uh, when his father was your pitching coach in New York, and I was asking him about just keeping a guy like that healthy. You know, when you're throwing that hard at that young of an age and mixing in the slider, uh, he talked about not wanting to go past his threshold, not pitching him four or five days in a row. Uh, what does he need to do at that age, throwing that hard, to make sure he stays healthy, Nelly? Well, there is no there is no perfect way because if that was the case, then you wouldn't see the Tommy Johns around the league. Guys are at max effort all the time, and it's not just Diaz; it's everyone. You look at Chapman; uh, these are the guys that have had Tommy John max effort. They're trying to light up the radar gun on these stadiums, and they're trying to air it out in one inning just to see how hard they can throw. 
you know, when he's throwing 99 and as a hitter, you have to try to sit on that and you can't adjust to that slider because that's also hard. So there is no perfect way as far as trying to keep him healthy or him to try to keep his arm in shape. The trainers, Rick Griffin, they do a great job as far as exercises, making these kids do their exercises, exercises, stretching properly. Uh, but Mel, Mel will do a good job about, you know, I bet you about two days in a row could be max for him. Mm. On occasion, you might see a third day, but you're never going to see four or five. You know, that's going to be out of the question. That's old school. That used to be back in the Mariano Rivera days and, you know, maybe right. Kisaki, but, you know, not, you're never going to see that again. Two's probably going to be the max. That's, that's the best way that you might be able to keep this kid healthy. Yeah, you mentioned Rivera. He obviously had the world-famous cutter, right? And then Sasaki had the world-famous forkball when he was here in Seattle. Uh, The slider and the fastball, I'm just assuming that for a closer, for a reliever, uh, that's plenty. Uh, That's a big enough repertoire. Is that fair? It is. Yeah, absolutely. You don't need any more than just two pitches. You start mixing in a third and fourth pitch, and, you know, that's just too much. You know, I, I do some things with the Marlins, and this guy Ramos, he's got four pitches. And it winds up hurting a, star, a closer because you got to worry about too many pitches trying to get loose in the bullpen. A two-pitch closer, a two-pitch setup guy, you know, that's perfect. You don't need any more. Yeah. Hey, Jeff Nelson again is with us uh, on the radio show, courtesy of our friends at the 520 Bar and Grill in Bellevue. Uh, I, I feel like every week I'm asking you about Felix Hernandez, and right. you keep telling me the same thing. He'll, he'll come back, he'll come back, he'll come back. Uh, he had five walks on Sunday versus Chicago. Uh, even Mel was on the air talking about how the changeup isn't there right now. Uh, have you noticed anything or, or maybe picked up anything in regards to Felix that uh, gives you uh, maybe reason to believe that uh, he'll, uh, he'll bounce back uh, pretty uh, quickly here? Well, what's funny is I did watch that game on Sunday, and it looked to me that he was timid. I mean, it, it doesn't seem like uh, Felix Hernandez would ever be timid throwing the baseball, but it looked like he almost wanted to try to avoid contact. He was afraid to be hit. You know, he had, I, I thought he was only going to last four innings because his pitch count was so high. And the walks, you know, you get spotted, what, six runs in that game. Uh, and the next thing you know, you have your ace out there, and he's, you know, he's struggling through the five innings. You know, it, it didn't look like, obviously, the typical Felix you know, he was throwing 91. He did hit 91 a few times. Yeah. He doesn't throw as hard as he used to. But he was always able to reach back and get that extra. Plus, his off-speed was so good. His breaking ball was really flat. And just like Stoudemire said, his changeup was non-existent. But it seemed like he was really timid. You don't want to speculate and see, oh, is there any kind of arm injury? Or is, is he feeling it another way, the Achilles? Or is there something else going on with him? But it just doesn't look like the normal Felix. Yeah. I've never seen him go out there and look like he was afraid to get hit or wow. if you wanted to avoid contact. Oh, well, that's not good news if that was your observation. And you mentioned Nelly kind of hitting 91 a couple of times. I mean, is, is it time to just accept at the age of 30 that the days of 94, 95 for him are, are over? Or can they come back? Well, it is. No, I mean, it probably is not going to come back. You're probably not going to see 94 again. Mm. You know, if he, if he is healthy, uh, 91 might be it. If he's not healthy, maybe he'll hit 92, 93. But he was always able to pitch with that. He is the understanding. I mean, you look at this kid back in 2005 with throwing 98 with an unbelievable moving fastball. It didn't matter. You just throw it over the middle of the plate, and, you know, he needed one pitch to move so much. Right. But now he knows how to pitch. Back then he was a thrower. Now he's a pitcher. He, he knows how to get his off speed. He knows how to pitch behind an account. Uh, you know, you can't sit on one pitch. You know, he's uh, nasty with the 90-91, and he knows how to pitch with that. So I'm not worried about, oh, you know, the, 
does he have to throw 94? No, he doesn't because he knows how to, he knows how to pitch with everything else. Gotcha. Now his secondary pitches aren't that great. Right. Jeff Nelson again is with us, and I don't know if you followed the Wade Miley trade on uh, on Sunday. Yeah. He went out in Chicago. And pitched well, and then the M shipped them off to uh, Baltimore for uh, Ariel Miranda. Uh, some people were upset with that. They, they, they don't get the deal. I mean, I, I've just myself, hey, look, the guy's making $9 million next year. He's in the bottom 10 in, in uh, you know, a lot of major categories, including whip and ERA and batting average against. And I just thought it was a chance for Jerry DePoto to get out from under that deal. But uh, was that the smart move by the M's to make that deal for this uh, Cuban kid, Miranda? Or would you rather have seen the M's hang on to Wade Miley for the stretch run? No, because you just said it. He's making $9 million next year. He's inconsistent. You know, he'll go out there and throw you like two or three in a row and and then lay a couple of eggs on there, and then you're saying, oh, well, we should have traded this guy. Baltimore needed a starter. They were willing to pick up that money, so it was a good time. You still, you know, as a Mariner fan or even the media out there, you're eight games back from Texas. Look what they did at the trade deadline by getting Luke Roy and Beltron and Jeffress, and you're five games out of the wild card. The Tigers are really hot. The Astros are there. You know, there is plenty of baseball left, but, you know, it looks a little bleak that the Mariners might have a playoff run, so why not shed some money and have it going into 2017? Hey, Jeff, before you go, I, I'm just wondering, uh, does the schedule at this time of the year matter? Because I, I talked about how after the All-Star break, the Mariners had 18 straight games against teams that were 500 or better, uh, and I think they're 8-8 eight and eight so far in, in those 18 with two more to go against Boston. But then starting on, on Friday, they got 20-23 against teams that are at 500 or below uh, and maybe the schedule starts to soften up. Do, does that even matter at this time of the year, in your opinion? Well, it does because you still, you know, even though it's not, it's a little bleak as far as they're making a playoff run, you can see what time of, kind of team they are because they really are getting up for the 500 teams, and, and they're doing well against them. Uh, you just hope when you do hit that stretch of teams that are below 500 that they don't get too relaxed and they realize, hey, this is a time when we can make up ground. We've hung in yeah. there long enough with the 500 teams we're holding our own, and now if we want to try to make for, make a run at this wild card, this is the chance that we have to start sweeping teams, winning series, and then once we get past this 20-game stretch, because then you're going to play the West, and you're going to play Houston, you're going to play Texas, and then you're almost uh, you know controlling your own destiny as far as trying to even get that wild card or inch up on Texas and Houston. Hey, honestly, what do you think was going through Steve Ciszek's mind last night watching Edwin Diaz close out the ninth inning yesterday? Well, you know, this is this is he's been used to this. He lost, he was a closer in in uh, Florida. He lost that job uh, when you're not going well, and nobody's counting. I mean, his service is not going in the towel, saying, "Hey, we're done here, and we're going to experiment right. with somebody else." It's the time to get wins, and when you start losing it in the ninth inning, you have to make a change. Uh, you know, Seattle's not sitting in a great spot besides five games out of out of a wild card. So you got to try to help out the rest of your team. The rest of your guys, the offense is going great. Your starters are giving you some quality starts. You can't lose ninth inning games, and you got to make a change. And, you know, it's just part of the game. It's just part of what these decks got to accept. Yeah, no doubt. All right, Nelly, great stuff, man. Appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of the week, and we'll talk next Wednesday, baby. Appreciate this, okay. man. All right, see you, Sophie. You Thanks. got it. You bet, buddy. Jeff Nelson with us, uh, courtesy of the 520 Bar and Grill. A few thoughts on the M's. Uh, interesting what he said there about uh, about Felix Hernandez, man, uh, that he's afraid to get hit. 
that's 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 not good if there's something else going on there with Felix, either mentally or physically, that's leading him to maybe not challenge people the way he's used to doing. Uh, we'll keep an eye on that for sure. 357, we're live at Kayak Point Golf Club in Stanwood, where, by the way, if you're in the area, heck, if you're not in the area, come on by. We got uh, greens, fees, and cart for $9.50 past 5.30 tonight. We'll shift gears to some Seahawks football. How many members of this Seahawks football team are on their way to Canton, Ohio? We'll chat about that next, and then Hugh Millen at 420 on 950 KJR.